0: the Lord in every circumstance as well so thank you as well Andrew for sharing that as well and, uh, and at those times with uh, um, going back over the years and uh, looking forward to celebrating with Luke and Lois in uh, Guernsey their wedding and uh, also uh, next, uh, s- is it next next Sunday is Easter so Easter Sunday and uh, Hardy is going to be baptized so, pray for Hardy, do you want to stand up, then you know who Hardy is, okay, right? So, okay. So, uh, that's next Sunday, Sunday morning. i normally um, preach a, sort of a Palm Sunday type message today, with well, it being Palm Sunday, obviously. Um... But I've, I've actually decided, I would normally do that, but I've decided not to do that this morning for a change. So instead of that Palm Sunday type message, I really do want to encourage you to come on Good Friday as a preparation for Easter. And uh, it's a shame to get to the resurrection without going through the cross. And. Uh, good friday is always a very very special so it's a lovely service we're meeting here we share communion together and uh, dr alec passmore he's the uh, preacher some of you won't know who alec passmore is but alec passmore was the pastor here um was our pastor uh before me i was his assistant for for three years and uh, alec is now he's, he's the president of the prophetic witness movement international and also he's chairman of the society for distributing hebrew scriptures and uh, he's got a great ministry a wonderful teaching ministry and it's a blessing to have him he's going to be here good friday and then sunday morning and sunday evening next to easter easter sunday morning and sunday evening so do come and don't forget the sunrise or not yet quite sunrise at eight o'clock next sunday morning again that's a lovely service lovely just informal time we meet in the lounge and we share testimony just a few devotional thoughts and uh, just celebrate the rising of the sun the literal s-o-n the son of god from from uh, the grave so come and as judith said if you if you're going for the breakfast afterwards please put your name down on the uh, sheet afterwards i oh, just want one, th- one uh, somebody mentioned as well that uh, um, we heard that David Hewitt, some of you remember Pastor Hewitt, his, his son died this week. Um, on Thursday, David Hewitt, after quite a long illness, I understand. Uh, Pastor Hewitt was one of our previous pastors um, here in the late 60s. A week last uh, Friday, I was invited to speak at Word Alive up at Church and Away. And the title that they, they gave me was, enduring when discouraged and for that that message i studied psalm 42 in preparation and that message has stayed with me and as i've I've prayed about it i feel that it's right to share that this morning although it won't be exactly the same message although the big elements in it so if you're at word Alive, i hope it'll come fresh as well to you this morning and the title of the message I've given is Overcoming Discouragement Overcoming Discouragement so if you'd like to turn in your Bible you've got that to Psalm 42 and actually I'm going to read Psalm 43 after that as well um, actually because Psalm, just a bit of background Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 actually originally its thought went together written by the same person At the top of Psalm 42 it says in my Bible to the chief musician a contemplation the word is maskil of the sons of Korah. The word contemplation or maskil tells us that this is a teaching psalm and it teaches us how to handle setbacks and discouragements. It says it's a maskil of the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah were the singers who led the worship in the temple in Jerusalem. They were the, the, old, the, the worship band of the day, basically. And they were a family of singers. And it's thought that David, King David, wrote these psalms, gave them to the king, to the uh, sons of Korah, and they set them to music and made the arrangements. The setting of the psalm, is thought to be when David, King David, had to flee from Jerusalem because Absalom, his son, rebelled against him. This was late in David's reign. And David had to flee. He had to to flee for his life. And uh, he had to abdicate the throne. He had to leave Jerusalem. He had to go into exile, and he was miles away. Uh, miles away from the temple the temple that he loved that he worshipped in and as he went he was mocked and he was ridiculed and his friends many of his friends many of his followers they turned against him and that's the setting for the psalm It's, it's a lament really for the dire situation that he found himself in so psalm 42 and then I'll read psalm 43 as well as the deer pants for the water brooks so pants my soul for your god my soul thirsts for god for the living god when shall i come and appear before my god before god my tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me where is your god when i remember these things i pour out my soul within me For I used to go with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God. With the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O oh my God, my soul is cast down within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of, Jordan, of the Jordan, and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mizar. Deep calls unto deep the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. Psalm 43. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. He's speaking there of Israel, his own nation. Or deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and on the heart I will praise you, O oh God, my God. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hoping God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance. And my God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the word of God, the psalms like this, which speak to our hearts and speak today to our situations. Lord, we look to you now for your Holy Spirit to help us understand and to hear what you have to say. Help us, Lord, to tune out those things that would distract us Lord, just to focus on those things that you have to say to us. So, Lord, by your Spirit, just meet with us, we pray, through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a parable told of a time when the devil went bankrupt and had to sell everything he had. At auction and each lot was labeled so there was a, a lot or a section called hate there was another one called cruelty another lies there was another called bitterness and so on and there was one section labeled not for sale and the auctioneer said but, but what about this one and the devil said you take that, then I'll have nothing left. And there'll be no way back for me. If I can keep that one, I can bring havoc to the people and bring anyone down. And the auctioneer looked behind the label and it said, discouragement. It's just a parable. Discouragement is, is one of the most effective weapons that the devil has. Against God's people, it's one of the most effective weapons He's ever forged, and it's an it's an occupational hazard for the Christian and in the Christian life, and it affects every believer. And this this Psalm, Psalm forty-two and forty-three, but we're going to focus on Psalm forty-two. It, it gives us an example of someone who experienced the depths of this. And despondency. David in this psalm he, he expresses his, his basic his, his, his flatness, his, his spiritual flatness and emptiness. And that's something we can all experience at times. And I don't know, I don't know if you have experienced that before. Most of us, I think, will have done. And the depths of his feelings can be felt in the way that he just pours out his heart. Verse 5, Psalm 42, verse 5. And he cries out. He says, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? In verse 6, at the beginning. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. He, he's at a, such a low end, And he's in a low place. And he's struggling with his feelings. And, and he's, he's crying out to God because of all the setbacks that he's facing. All of the discouragements. That he's going through. Verse seven, he, he used a the metaphor there of water pouring over him to describe to describe how overwhelmed he felt by his by his feelings. He said this: "Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls." This is God. He sees God behind these things. All your waves and billows have gone over me it's as though he's been swamped by everything it just feels so discouraged his circumstances his problems and and it seems as though he was drowning wave after wave of of, of troubles and sorrows and i think one of the things that he struggled with perhaps most of all was that he couldn't sense god in him it it seemed as though god had sort of abandoned him verse 9 I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? You know, where are you, God, in all of this? I don't know where you are. Don't feel your presence. And God just didn't seem to be doing anything. Or, 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 he seemed distant and uncaring. Now, I, I believe God, David knew that God was there, and I believe that God, David knew that God hadn't abandoned him, but that's how it felt. just seem like that? If anybody's ever felt like that, because of what you're going through. I, I can. I've, I can identify with that. I'm sure many of you can. And then to add insult to injury, those who turned against him and rejected him, they taunted him. Look at verse 10. Verse 9 and 10. It says this, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? What they were saying is, you've gone outside of God's blessing. Look, God's abandoned you, so you must be away. You must be living a disobedient life. Of all that's happening to you. And that just uh, added to David's problems. And the result of all of this is that David had come to where many Christians come to at some stage in their lives where he felt deeply discouraged. Maybe you feel like that. Maybe somebody here might just be. things me. Why, why do I feel like this? Why am I so downcast? And discouragement. You know, discouragement never hits the headlines. But I, I, believe, it's been, I believe it's been responsible f- f- over the years for more people giving up in their Christian walk than anything else. And I believe it's been one of the greatest causes of failures in the Christian life and leading many to despair and despondency discouragement obviously and even to giving up and the Bible recognises that that's why it, so often you get the word to, you get the encouragements in the Bible to keep going and to persevere and not, not to give up there will always be things to discourage us in our Christian life of course discouragement is, is com- common to everybody not just Christians isn't it But I think as Christians, there are certain things that especially come in. I mean, people do say things that discourage us. They do. People say things without even thinking sometimes that knock us. Prayers don't get answered as we like them to be. And sometimes we pray and pray and pray, and it doesn't seem to make any difference. People we've prayed for for many years don't become Christians and they haven't become Christians. Situations that we go through can be hard at times and we do pray. We pray that the situations would change and there doesn't seem to be much change. Maybe we had really high hopes of things turning out differently and, and they haven't done as we'd hoped for. And we, sometimes we can do a lot of p- things for people to help them and put a lot of effort into them, but sometimes they end up disappointing. And uh, we feel let down. We, we even disappoint ourselves, don't we, at times? That can be discouraging. Ministries you're in and, and service we're in can be hard going at times. And it's a bit like an uphill struggle, you lose your joy it's it's very easy to lose that joy of the Lord in service and become discouraged and then there are times aren't there where it just feels like a battle, it does, and it is a battle because it is a battle it's a spiritual battle we're in I think looking back over the years as a pastor I think some of my greatest battles have been in the area of discouragement I've found that discouragement has a, has a great power and has had a great power to rob me of my joy and of even my faith to believe, you know, my energy. It, it has a great power to do that. And at times, it has caused me to think I'm going to give up. I, I want to walk away. And I've no doubt some of you will have experienced that at times. when you've become discouraged. You might be feeling like that now, feeling very low in some way. You might have a troubled heart, or for various reasons. What can we do? I hope I haven't discouraged you. What, what can we do to stand and battle and fight discouragement? Because we are. We need to do that. If we're going to live for Christ, and we're going to live... An effective Christian life we have to know how to battle discouragement what can we do God's given us some great ways to do that and we find some of those in this psalm first of all know that you're not alone you're not the only one we often feel that it's just me going through it you're not alone you're not the only follower of Jesus who's experiencing discouragement that is common to everyone and here we've got david i mean david friend of god a man after my own heart god said and he's actually in the depth he's he's going through it himself look at verse 3 my tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me where is your God? He felt down. He couldn't stop himself crying. He couldn't control his emotions. You know, that's a very common feature of depression. It's also a good description of a Bradford City supporter, but that's another thing. It's, it's, it's good to know that we're not alone. You know, others have felt that way. You know, I'm really thankful that God in his wisdom, he has actually authored a book that's actually quite full of people who have experienced (laughs) depths of discouragement. Think of Job, Elijah, Joseph, Habakkuk. Habakkuk kept on asking, why? Why, God? Where are you, God? Why aren't you doing something? Why don't you answer me? And when God did answer him, it was an answer he didn't want to hear. Why, God? And then there have been many examples down the years of people, God's people in the church, who have experienced the depths, real depths. I, I, I know I've mentioned Spurgeon before on this, but what an example of a man greatly used of God who experienced the depths of depression. Spurgeon was a 19th century, bl- such a fantastic preacher used of God. And he once shocked his congregation when he said in a sermon, I am the subject of depressions of spirit so fearful that I hope none of you ever get to such extremes of wretchedness as I go to. And he experienced these recurring battles throughout his ministry with depression and he says there were times when he would weep like a baby for no reason that he could think of he was only 24 when he first experienced this he said my spirits were sunken so low that I could weep by the hour like a child and yet I knew not what I wept for and yet this was a man who preached over 600 times before he was 20 he preached to 5,000 people a week In his church. His sermons sold 20,000 copies a week. People bought his sermons. Because they were such anointed by God. And yet he endured a lifetime of ministry that was ridiculed. And he was slandered. He faced opposition. He suffered serious illness for much of his life. Rheumatism. What was called Bright's disease. An inflammation of kidney. Gout, gout actually ultimately killed him It was when he was uh, 57, died of gout. So, you know, you're not alone. God's people have always gone through things. You're not on your own. And I think God wants us to take comfort from that. Didn't he say, it's uh, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, No temptation, the word is trial. No trial has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So don't think it's only you. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So first, you're not alone. Secondly, be honest with yourself and with God. Be honest, especially with God and yourself. Do you notice how David, he didn't hold back, did he, in this psalm? He, literally, you know, verse uh, 5 starts off, doesn't he? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Verse 6, O oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. He's just telling God how it is. Verse 11, Why are you cast down, O my soul? To be cast down means to be prostrated. Literally, he's saying, My soul, why are you feeling so flat? You know, Why are you so dead? Why are you so empty? And what he's doing is admitting his feelings to God and to himself. He didn't keep it bottled up. He says in verse 4: When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. He's not afraid to pour it out to himself and to God. I don't think we should pour out our soul to everybody. don't think everybody wants to hear all that you're going through. People don't. I think we have to be careful. We We have confidential people. People we can trust. It's important to do that, I think. But we can always bear our souls to God. He knows what you're feeling and what I'm feeling. He knows our questions. You know, even Jesus asked that question, didn't he? Why have you forsaken me? It's all right to question God. and i think there are times out that we're not even sure who we're crying out to are we crying out to ourselves or are we crying out to god don't know and sometimes i think it's it's hard to distinguish whether we are praying or whether we're crying you know i don't think that matters to god he knows everything we feel he knows he knows just be honest another thing to do that's connected to that and comes from this psalm is this talk to yourself now, I know it's said that you know, the f- talking to yourself is the first sign of <laughs> madness. Okay, David shows here that at least on some occasions, it's good to talk to yourself. In fact, it's actually one of the best ways to keep saying. David does it throughout the psalm. Verse 5, why are you cast down, O my soul? <laughs> Tell, he's talking to himself. Why are you disquieted within me? It's, it's not there. He's, t- he's talking inwardly verse 11 why are you cast down O oh, my soul why are you disquieted within me hope in God's soul hope in God one, one of the great dangers we face in, in, when facing great discouragement is we turn in on ourselves and we, got, we become self pitying you know, we, 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 we almost become self absorbed and we can actually enjoy in a perverse way our sorrows And one of the ways God's given us to help us out of that is the ability to take a step out of ourselves and to speak to ourselves, to address ourselves. This is what Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote in his book, Spiritual Depression. He said this, Knowing how to handle yourself, you have to take yourself in hand, you have to address yourself, you have to preach to yourself. You have to question yourself. Upbraid yourself. You must exhort yourself. Hope thou in God. And that, that's what David was doing. And what, basically saying, look, self, no matter how you feel, trust in God. Come on, pull yourself up almost. For I will yet praise God. We're not helpless victims. God has given us the strength and the the tools and the weapons not to be overwhelmed in our discouragements. And that is one of them. And then another way from this psalm to battle discouragement, focus on the good things. Focus on the good. Remember the blessings. It's so easy, isn't it, to allow those things that come upon us to rob us of the actual good things that God has done. So verse 6, he says, Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mizar. What he's he's saying is, I'm going to remember the times, God, when you delivered me. I'm going to remember those times, Lord, when you protected me, when you supplied my need, when you blessed me, when you met with me in those places, when you gave me those wonderful victories. He he was reminding himself of the good things and of the blessings he'd enjoyed. And he was focusing on them. You know, whenever you're tempted to be discouraged in the present, remind yourselves of God's activity in the past. Don't forget those things. Remember, it's God's provision. Memory's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's been said the best way to remember your wife's birthday is to forget it once. (laughs) Let me tell you the story of a man who's travelling around the world and he heard about an Indian chief who was renowned for his amazing memory and he decided to go meet him and they were introduced and he decided to test the chief about his memory and he he said now what did you have for breakfast on the 19th of October 1975 and immediately the chief said eggs and the man thought to himself anybody can say that he's having me on he's made it up and he went away disappointed Ten years later he was on another world trip and he couldn't get this Indian chief out of his mind and he decided to go visit him again. And there he was still sitting among the wigwams and the man sat down and said how? And the Indian chief said scrambled. (laughs) Wonderful to have a great memory. And one, one of the great uses of our memory is to remember the good. When you're disappointed by something When you're tempted to feel discouraged, recall how good God's been to you. What He's changed in your life. Don't forget the good things. How He's always met your need. You know, the same God who helped you a few days ago, or a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, is the same. God hasn't changed. Warren Wearsby says, We are not to doubt in the darkness what God has shown us in the light. So good that, isn't it? We're not to doubt in the darkness what God has shown us in the light. Especially concerning himself and his his trustworthiness. Another way we're to battle the blues when discouragement comes is to praise God in all circumstances. I know it's it's an obvious thing to say and must have said it many, many times. Praise is one of the greatest weapons That God has given us. Especially to fight. Discouragements. Verse 5. Why are you cast down O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hoping God for I shall yet praise him. He had that real confidence. That God was going to so bless him. He would get through this. He says I shall yet praise him. says the same thing. Verse 11. So often in, in the Psalms. David spoke of praise. Psalm 37, 34 verse 1. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 57 verse 7. My heart is steadfast. O oh God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Praise and thanks are key weapons for fighting discouragement. And I tell you, there'll be something to thank God for in every circumstance. A short-term missions team went to the island of Tobago to serve in a leper colony. And during a service on that island, the team leader asked if anyone had a favourite song they wanted to sing. And a woman's hand shut up. But when the man turned to her, he was startled by her appearance. Her hand was a fingerless stump. Her face was disfigured. Her nose and lips and ears were eaten away. And yet she beamed with joy. And she said, Can we sing, count your many blessings, name them one by one? And the missionary started the song but he couldn't finish it. And afterwards, another of the team members of his team team said to him, he said, I I suppose you'll never be able to sing that song again. He said, no, I will sing it again, just never in the same way. There'll always be something to thank God for, something to praise God for. You may have to search for it. Paul said to the Philippians, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Focus on the good. Think of what you can praise God for. A man called Robbie Risner. He was a general, an American fighter pilot. General Robert Robbie Risner. He was a Christian, and he spent seven years in prison during the Vietnamese War. And he later described those years in terms of it being the essence of despair. He said this, If you could have squeezed the feeling out of the word despair, it would have come out lead-coloured, dingy, dirty. And that for him summed up those years of imprisonment. What helped him to survive was that one day he found that he could prise off the cover of a drain in his cell, which was big enough for him to lower his head down into the opening. And there he spotted a solitary blade of grass, which he said was the only smidgen of colour in his colourless world. And he called it a blood transfusion for the soul, a solitary blade of grass. And every day, he started the day in prayer lying on the floor in his cell with his head down the grate focused on that single blade of grass. What are you looking at each day? It won't be hard to find something that you can praise God for. And thank God for to focus on it won't be hard to find something that will discourage you so look for the blessings think about the blessings keep your eye on the blade of grass as it were the transfusion for the soul you know what it's like don't you You, you, especially in the Lord's work yeah you can have so many blessings you can have so much good and so many things to praise God for and then one little thing might be something that somebody says that's negative, or something that somebody does, and it just... That, that actually, that's what you go away thinking about. That's what knocks everything out. It clouds everything, and, and you actually go away stewing over that one thing instead of thanking God for all the other blessings. And I've done that countless times. I must be an expert in that. And I've, I've, I, afterwards, I've kicked myself, and I'm, what have I done that for? Thank God. Don't let the one thing overwhelm the many good things. We have to fight and be on our guard against that happening by reminding ourselves of all the blessings. And that takes us to the final weapon if you like. Raise the shield of faith. Raise. God's given you a shield of faith. That's part of the armour of God. Look at how David raises that shield. Verse 5 Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hoping God. He's raising the shield. Verse 8 and 9. The Lord will command his loving kindness. He's raising that shield. The Lord will. And in the night his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God my rock. Why have you forgotten me? Why go I mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. So even in his sense of forsakenness he reminds himself that God's his rock. He raises that shield. And that's what we need to do. Faith the victory that overcomes the world, the devil, and everything else that comes our way. Trust in God. Ask his help. Call out to him. Cry out to him. Put your trust in him. It's his power you and I need. It's his grace. It's his strength. It's all, and it's all there in Christ and praise God, Christ has the victory over every discouragement if you think about it, we're coming up to Good Friday there in the garden of Gethsemane it seemed as though Jesus was overwhelmed with the despondency the darkness of the situation he had every reason to be discouraged all that time he'd put into those disciples and each time they seemed to fall back and One step forward, two steps back. He'd invested time and energy, and yet Judas forsook him. None of his family, maybe except for his mother, none of his brothers or sisters believed in him. Carried out thousands and thousands of miracles, and yet people flocked him to be healed and then flocked away. And they deserted him. There's nothing that you go through or I go through that he has not gone through. There's nothing he hasn't faced. He he, he knows the depths of discouragement. And that's why we need to turn our eyes on Jesus and look full on his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And Christ lives in you and me. So we have got all that we need in Christ to face every situation, every circumstance that would discourage us or pull us down. So, know you're not alone. Be honest with God. Talk to yourself. Speak to your soul. Focus on the good things. Praise God in all circumstances. And raise that shield of faith. You don't have to remember all of those. Maybe just one thing maybe that's one thing that God wants you to remember that you take away and say that's, that's, that's my lifeline if you, if you like that's something that I can use that's something that God will help me with and I need to put into practice let me finish with this I think the beautiful thing to remember is that God is so great he can use even the discouragements we go through to turn us to him. He can use the frustrations and God in a wonderful way can use all the disappointments and he uses them in our lives to teach us more to rely on him. They're not wasted in God's hands. And that's what the very first few verses tell us. Let's just finish with these two verses. As the deer pants for the water brooks so pants my soul for you O god my soul thirsts for god for the living god when shall i come and appear before god as the deer i understand that whenever a deer senses danger it will run to a stream some think that's to avoid the scent being left but others think there's another reason that the deer is fleeing to the water because it develops in its fear a desperate thirst. That fear stimulates this physical longing for water, a strong desire for water. And, and, and David's picture, picturing himself like a deer, on the run in desperate times, in desperate need of refreshment, and, and in his predicament, he's got this longing. God stirs up this longing for God to meet with God in that situation. And he's, he's, he's got this soul thirst for the living God. And so he seeks for God in what he's going through. Just as a deer instinctively knows where to find water, we need to seek after God in our circumstances. And he is there and he will meet with us. Let's uh, bow in prayer, shall we? will invite the band up. Perhaps just take a moment to distill these things in your mind and uh, think about what God wants you to take away from this and how you can put that into practice. Afterwards, I will ask the prayer team to come to the front and uh, just sit on the front rows and, and on, around the front. And if you'd like someone to pray with you, I think that's a, a wonderful way to help in every circumstance. And if you'd like someone to pray with you this morning, then just come to the front, either during while, while we sing or after the song. Lord, thank you that uh, you have gone before us. We thank you for a saviour. We thank you for Jesus, who has experienced all that we've experienced, yet without sin. We thank you, Lord, that he was willing to be discouraged. He was willing to face great despondency and oh, so many things that would drag him down. And yet, how wonderful, he always sought to do the will of his Father and the Spirit of Christ lives within us. Lord, help us, we pray, to so rely upon him and to use the weapons, Lord, which are a part of the armour you've given us. Help us, Lord, to raise that shield of faith and to stand against discouragement with praise and thanks. And, Lord, to seek each other out and to be an encouragement to others, Lord. It's not just about ourselves. Lord, help us, we pray. To encourage those who are discouraged to look out for them this morning to be an encourager so Lord thank you for your grace and your love and Lord we pray that you'd help us to be victorious I pray for any who are in that the old word slough of despond the the old deep river of of, of despondency a valley of despondency Lord would you meet with them in that place and i pray father god that you would give them renewed hope this morning lord that you would be with them every step of the way that they will come through this because you are with them you are their lord you're the shepherd bless them lord fill them afresh this morning with joy the spirit of peace oh god come among us we pray in this way so lord thank you in jesus name Amen. amen going to sing as the deer pants for the water so my soul longs after you stand to sing the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon us and rest among us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.